Welcome to the Perlo Podcast. We talk construction, its people, its challenges, its opportunities. We talk to industry and trade experts, movers and shakers, and people who get buildings built right. Join us, you won't regret it. Welcome to another episode of the Perlo Podcast. I am Alyssa Looney, the Director of Strategic Initiatives here at Perlo Construction, and I am joined by two gentlemen from Advanced American Construction. I have Dee Birch, the President, and Kyle Isat, the Senior Vice President. They're here with me today to talk about a really cool endeavor. It's the Schweiger Memorial Scholarship Fund. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I want to start with just a general overview of what this scholarship program is, what Advanced Americans role is in it, uh, and how it's evolved over the years. Just give us a general overview of the program. Okay. Um, well, Advanced American Construction was founded in 1983 by two gentlemen, uh, Connie Schweiger and Kent Cochran. Conrad had a son, Forrest Schweiger, who uh, was working for the company, and in 1999, uh, he died in a uh, tragic accident on one of our projects. And uh, Forrest was the only son of uh, Con and Cindy Schweiger, and uh, had an incredibly bright future ahead of him, was really, had the whole world in front of him, and... Um, you know, we had this tragic accident. So we kind of put our heads together dealing with the grief and the, you know, having the company and our founder and the founder's son involved in this, you know, was, was unbelievably difficult to deal with. And we kind of discussed, you know, what can we do to try to get some kind of positive out of this. And so we founded, at the time, it was the Forrest Schweiger uh, Memorial Scholarship Fund uh, and started, kind of threw together a program. None of us had any real experience in doing that. We just kind of did it and we were amazed at how quickly people, our vendors, our uh, business associates, friends, family, uh, responded to that and stepped up immediately to help. Uh, to do that. And so we, we had a couple of years uh, where Conrad uh, and Cindy both were involved in it and attended uh, the awards dinners where we were giving out around 12 scholarships and around $25,000 a year and getting the program started. And I'll let Kyle start, I'll talk here in a little bit, but Kyle was uh, one of our scholarship winners the very first year that we had the program. So we were completely novices in doing this and we were fortunate enough to have Kyle as one of our winners and he's still with us trying to make this thing work. But th three years after Forrest died, uh, Conrad Schweiger uh, had a, a massive heart attack and died in our parking lot. Um, you know, he, he had he had some heart issues. He had some things that were that he was concerned about, but he had been given a complete clean bill of health and told that you know he had things under management and that no surgery was needed and that he was fine. 
he went to lunch with some of our guys, came back and was walking across the parking lot and had a heart attack and was gone uh, very quickly. And so we changed the name of the fund to the Schweiger Memorial Scholarship Fund at that point, And we kind of doubled down on trying to make it successful and including folks. And, you know, kind of the core of it was Conrad was an incredibly gifted, talented, dynamic person, but he was the definition of ADD. And he was, by his own admission, a terrible employee, (laughs) uh, a terrible student. And that's why he started the company is because frankly, after a year or two, nobody could put up with him. And so he, he, he just was a bundle of energy and ideas and, you know, bored quickly. And so, um, when that happened with Conrad, you know, we doubled down and recommitted. And again, we've just had unbelievable support. I mean, uh, uh, your company, Alyssa, is a great example of the vibe just kind of hits you and the idea that all these talented folks, that it can make such a huge difference in their lives, um, are part of it. It just connects with people and now we have, I mean, we're in a tremendous growth mode and a lot of people stepping up and getting involved. Kyle, you want to talk a little bit about your experience on being a winner that first year and kind of what you've seen? Sure. Yeah, thank you. I was a freshman going into my sophomore year at Central Washington University going through the construction management um, undergraduate program. And I, I came from, a, from Eastern Washington, kind of a farming community. And um, I, had, I had a bunch of side jobs leading into, leading into college and a bunch of money pooled up. But um, after cutting checks for the first and second quarter, I was, I was, I was out of money. And so I applied to about five scholarships that freshman year in my, in my, you know, to get into the pre-major and the Schweiger Memorial Scholarship was one of them. That was right after I graduated high school in 99. So I was in my first year in 2000 on undergraduate. And I remember I went to meet with my, um, the Dean of the construction program who was educated by Hal Pritchett under the um, Oregon State program. And he had the, the poster of Forrest, the iconic poster of him on the snowmobile, and then kind of the cliff notes of what the program was about at that time. Like he said, it was the Forrest, Forrest uh, um, Schweiger Memorial program and first ever. And I applied and got accepted. And I remember it clear as yesterday. Um, we were at the Monarch Hotel and you couldn't count the people in the audience, but it was a, a lot smaller audience than what it is today. And these folks that were in the room supporting you and building you up, I mean, they were, like you said, business, business uh, partners, they were uh, subs, they were suppliers, they were competitors of Advanced American Diving at the time. Um, the unions, um, friends, colleagues, a lot of uh, Cindy and Conrad's friends and family as well. And I just got hit with this, uh, I guess, momentum and backing and the bare roots of what our industry is. And it's, it's giving back, it's helping, it's building people up, it's not cutting anyone down. And um, the, the money was uh, obviously a boost, but it was more the morale and the, 
just the obligation to push through. Um, the platform then and the platform now is still, a, you, you go to school a quarter, um, you turn in your transcripts, as long as you're in good standings, then you get the next payment on thirds or quarters or, or semesters. And we've, it, it was tough. I remember going through some, some tough uh, calculus and pre-major classes where I, I wasn't doing as well and you had to check in and, and you, had, you had to have a recovery plan real quick or you weren't gonna get that next payment. And uh, there was a lot of backing at that time. Um, I received this, uh, applied and received the scholarship the first, second, and third year, and then I went into my, uh, I graduated and continued to come to the dinners, I continued to be involved, continued to, uh, well, started to cut a check back to the program that gave so much to me to get started in my career, and then ultimately came to work with Advanced American in 2005 and transitioned onto the selection committee. and. You know, it's been 23 years here and it's 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 part of our you know obligation to just you know be part of it and build it and come up with new ideas and you talk about the team work with Perlow and Ness Campbell and many others we have a lot of momentum going into the next couple of years and I'm really really excited about where where the future of this can go I mean the opportunity is endless there is no ceiling yeah I think one of the really neat and maybe more unique aspects of this program is it's not just a check. It does come with that support and the applicants have the opportunity to mark down interest in internships. So I know that Perlow currently has an intern this summer that was a recipient last summer and we connected with him at the dinner and that's how he came to be hired here and he's been a great addition. He won the scholarship again this year. Um, and so I think that that's one of the more unique aspects of this program. It's not only supporting uh, students in financial matters, but also with career development connections, because this is definitely an industry that is kind of who you know. That, that helps open a lot of doors. I want to hit on the fact that this isn't just for students. So when did it also become a scholarship program for apprentices? No, that's a great question, Lisa. We, you know, we've always tried to advocate that, hey, if you're going to a trade school or you're in the crafts and you want to apply for this, that you can. And we had some instances in the, in the early days of a handful of folks who did that. Either they were going to dive school, they were taking welding classes, they were taking classes at a community college uh, for construction management. But uh, we really didn't, you know, believe it or not, it's really difficult people to get people to apply to, for scholarships. I mean, I think, I know, you know, when I went to Oregon State, I didn't have, I was the first in my family to go to college, and I didn't understand about scholarships. I, I assumed that if I wasn't the valedictorian and I wasn't, you know, a Rhodes Scholar, that applying for a scholarship was a complete waste of time. And, and who wants to put a bunch of time and energy in something and then get a rejection letter? So, so we, we've always had that as a possibility, but we couldn't practically find a way to make it happen. And the last couple of years, we've modified the application. You know, it's, Kyle spent a lot of time talking to the unions, getting them to apply. We made it clear to other folks that 
it's not just union apprentices, but apprentices that are with non-union contractors too. And they don't even have to be in a formal apprenticeship program. If they're just early in their career and they're trying to improve themselves and advance themselves that they can apply. And we've really had an explosion of people. This year we had five of 15 that were apprentices and the two, two of the top three winners were both apprentices. So that's really unprecedented uh, and not something that, uh, I mean, we're really proud of that. We think that's the, kind of the key to trying to figure out how to unlock other avenues and, and even possibly expand it further into, you know, people that are on the finance end of the business, people that are on the uh, business development end of the business, people that are, you know, all the people that contribute to making us successful, uh, we're not we're not, we don't want to exclude anyone. We want anyone who wants to make a, a future. I think that, you know, one of the things that we love about this is that, you know, we believe the construction industry, I know the construction industry is really, in the business world, it's the closest there is to a true meritocracy, where, where you go to school, you know, uh, how many people in your family went to college, all those things don't really matter. All, all our companies care about is the person and what they can achieve and not where they came from or how they got here. It's just, what do you bring to the table? Are you engaged? Can you contribute? And so, you know, this program is not about the highest grades and strictly students in that level. It's really about somebody that uh, could use a helping hand, a hand up instead of a handout. And one of the things that's been amazing is that when you, when you get one of these scholarships, there's almost no examples of, I shouldn't say no, but there's very few examples of students dropping off the grid, like their grades drop way down, they change their mind three times about their majors, They're, they pretty much stay the course. And when you talk to them, without us doing anything in particular, they just feel an obligation to see it through and make positive changes and, and advance their career because all these people believed in them and supported them and recognized their, their efforts. And so, uh, you know, and I, I'm going on and on, but just real quickly, you know, Kyle was the first person that we had, the scholarship winner that actually contributed back to the scholarship. We have a lot of people now that do that, but Kyle was the first one. And so I can remember his application, uh, you know, it's been a long time ago now, but he basically, he'd written an application saying he had a plan. He wanted to get through school. He wanted to do this and they wanted to become an owner of a construction company and then uh, he contributed back and so that just kind of triggered something in me to try to get him to join us because he he got it he understood the whole cycle of how this works and so uh, that's been a really uh, interesting and fun thing about this whole program I think I think people generally understand how challenging it can be financially for students to get through school. That's a pretty common story out there. I think what's less understood is how challenging it is for uh, people starting in the trades and apprentices. I know that for me, uh, it's 
it was a question, why do apprentices need help? Because they are working and making money. But the reality is that they usually, if they're in their apprenticeship program, have something like four weeks a year where they have to go to school um, for their trade. And during those weeks, they don't get paid. They also have to find projects where apprentices are accepted. Um, which not every project or, or those opportunities aren't always super common. So apprentices often have to travel around the region to get work in order to fill their apprenticeship hours. So if you think about the logistics of that, they have to take four weeks off where they don't get paid. They also may have to travel for temporary stints and especially right now in the housing shortage, where are you gonna find an apartment where you can live for a month or two months and then have to come back home? So I think it is not as well known how challenging it can be for people to get through those apprentice um, times in their lives in order to become a journeyman. Um, so can you talk more about that and what you've seen result from supporting those folks? Sure. I mean, everything you described is right. The apprentice, you know, get, going through an apprenticeship program um, is is incredibly challenging. And depending on the economy and what's going on, uh, some apprentices who are incredibly talented and doing great work, the economy turns down, and they're unfortunately a lot of companies view them as the first. They want to hang on to their senior people, and so they don't. They look at it and go, well, I don't know how this, long this is going to last. If I'm going to hang on to people, I'm going to hang on to my tenure foreman, which is understandable. But the so then the apprentice gets cast aside, and a lot of them end up changing professions or having to figure out something else to do. So, you know, what the reason that we're excited about having the apprentices involved is I think it'll promote the idea. What we try to do is if we get an apprentice we almost want them to be the last one we let go because that's the future. And, you know, our other folks have made it and they're going to be fine. And, you know, we're going to take care of them also, but there's a special obligation to an apprentice to, to not cast them aside. It, I mean, if the economy dictates and things don't go, you got to do what you got to do, but you don't do that without really considering the long-term impacts of that. And, uh, this year's event and the, the, some of the apprentices that spoke, I mean, it was just uh, unbelievably inspiring how much it meant to them to be a part of this. Yeah, I've actually had that same question when I do go to speak with the apprenticeship at the unions is they completely understand the structure for an undergraduate, but how does that apply to me? And, uh, you know, we flush that out with... How many of you guys travel, you know, over 50 miles to go to do the job, over 100 miles to go to the last job, and you know, half the room raises their hand, and so it's reliable transportation, it's it's childcare for there's uh, you know single parents or there's even two working parents that they, you know, we have to be on the job sites at six, seven a.m., not nine. It's not banker's hours. So right. there's, there's, there's help needed on the, in the AM and the PM sometimes to, for that apprentice to satisfy his or her job requirements. And so in, in addition to being out of work and going to the schooling, I think a lot of it is, uh, you know, safety gear, um, tooling. And uh, that's, what, that's some of the most recent apprentices have communicated back to us. You know, I was able to buy... Uh, 
Um, one is a heavy duty mechanic, I was able to buy you know, some of my HDR tooling. Some of them um, actually went on their own and went through some CDL classes because they weren't accepted. They were in the pre-apprenticeship coming out of high school. So they weren't in the union yet to take advantage of that training. So they went off and got some certifications and some uh, certifications on their own that cost money. And they used those funds through the scholarship to do that. Um, the gentleman for Ness Campbell facilitated that this last year before he got accepted in the union. So. That's awesome. I so Perlow's relationship with this scholarship. Uh, we built your building originally right. out there, um, and and I think have been on the review committee for quite some time. Um, yes. Picking picking um, the winners, but a few years ago, we as a company really wanted to make a bigger impact. We know that there's a labor shortage in our in all trades. Really, um, we know that school is. It, exorbitantly expensive these days and we want to see the best talent rise no matter who they are and I do think that this program looks at the whole person like you said we're not just looking at grades the metrics are to look at who's really a hard worker who's getting after it who needs that support who needs that help up and and connections in the industry to really progress their career and when I started researching how we could provide scholarships, I was a little bit shocked by the fees that are charged for folks to manage scholarships, how much money they would actually give out even if we gave 100 grand a year, that might mean a $5,000 scholarship. You know, um, that to me seemed unreasonable because we wanted that money to make an impact now. And we were willing to commit to a larger chunk of money every year to see that happen. So I, it had been suggested to me that I call you guys and talk to you about your program. And I think it was great timing because you really were making a push to grow the program. And I do think it is a huge testament to the commitment that this industry has to bring new folks into our industry, no matter who they are, no matter what their background is. And I think the really beautiful part too is we don't have any metrics. As we're looking at these, we're not saying that they have to be X number women, X number men from low income or anything, but simply by looking at the whole person, you're getting a really diverse group of, of winners every year. Yeah, organically, yeah. It, you look at the past and it's all over the board. It's yeah. all over the board. Men, women, nationalities, uh, and backgrounds, and yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It really is amazing. And you know, it's, we have, we have a, our selection committee is got a, a roughly 20 folks and we keep, or we're willing to add more. Uh, and they're, they come from a wide range of backgrounds, lots of different companies, you know, uh, men, women, minorities. Uh, it's, it's, uh, but in the end, when we look at the way that people evaluate the whole person, there's a remarkable consistency that regardless of what your view is of the world and your personal background, certain folks just rise to the top. And, uh, you know, we, the people that are on the selection committee, we, sh we share each other's scoring and show that to folks. And they're, they're kind of blown away by the fact that this does happen organically. It is not, and nobody is trying to steer it to 
a person or one connection. It is, there's enough, literally you could take, we had 17 people score this year and I did this. I, I could just randomly go through and throw any two scores out and the top 15 remain the same. So, you know, it's when people, you know, I have people, uh, we had Hal Pritchett who this year, you know, he's been part of our program from the very beginning and come to virtually every dinner when he didn't have a health issue. He called and apologized about not being able to, to do it this year because he had a stroke, uh, which is a whole nother story. But he, you know, I talked to him and I said, hey, Hal, it's, you've got this to the point now where, um, first of all, you know, you don't have to apologize for having a stroke. But secondly, uh, you know, good results are going to happen. And, um, you know, what you've helped us build here uh, is proven to be worthwhile. That's awesome. Well, we had some interviews done at the dinner. And so I think it would be great to take a moment and see what the students had to say about winning this scholarship and how it's impacted their lives. This scholarship is different because it's not just a check for tuition that you're getting handed, it's hands you get to shake and connections you get to make in the industry. This summer internship with Perlow Construction has been a huge opportunity and it's given me an idea of what being a project manager and construction management is actually like on a day to day and I love it. Through this scholarship I was able to get involved with many opportunities at school that allow me to apply my understanding from my classes into real world practices. Since the first time they received the scholarship, they continue to support the student throughout their journey and that's something that I really appreciate from this scholarship. This scholarship has given me an opportunity to work for a great company. If it wasn't for this scholarship, I wouldn't be in the position I am today. So I really am extremely grateful for that. This scholarship opens up so many opportunities. I don't have to work as much during school and I can actually do what I want, I join the clubs I want and just follow my dreams. Especially nowadays with insane tuition rates, it's very challenging for people, especially with backgrounds like me, whose parents aren't able to afford their college education. This scholarship is able to overcome any of those obstacles. It's such a great cause for everyone, for students, for aspiring professionals in the construction industry. I'm here in front of you today, proof that people can change, that there is hope for the second and third chancers in life, and that we can and do recover. If there's anything I can leave you with today, it would be to never give up that hope. Because honestly, I needed each and every one of you to become the person that I've become. This industry has given me a strength and drive that I never would have dreamt possible. From the deepest part of everything that is within me, I thank you all. So I think you guys can see that there really is a diverse group of students here. They have different histories, different backgrounds. I mean, you have folks who are recovering from addiction that are now doing great in their careers. Uh, Lauren was a great speaker. She moved that room. I mean, I have to bet that most of the room was darn near in tears from her speech, right? I mean, it was incredible to hear. This scholarship is truly changing lives. And that is a great testament to your work primarily and your passion for 
this scholarship? Well, you know, what happened with, with, with Forrest and Conrad, obviously, you know, uh, is a huge motivator for that. You know, you think about people that mean a lot to you and when those kinds of tragic things happen, trying to keep their memory alive and what they were about. You know, I personally, uh, I grew up in McMinnville and I had uh, my best friend growing up was, uh, his dad was a contractor, he was a paving contractor in McMinnville. And my senior year in high school, he called me up out of the blue. And back then, going to school was a lot easier. The, you, could, you could make enough money in the summer to put yourself through school. It was nothing like how difficult it is now. It was, wasn't easy, but you could do it. And so I had worked and saved money, and I had enough money to pay my expenses. But he pulled me in and said, hey, you know, what's your plan? And he said, that sounds great. He goes, what are you going to do if your car breaks down? What are you going to do if you get sick? What are you going to do if you break an arm? What are you going to do if you get mono and you miss classes and, and you can't work like you're talking about? What are you going to do? And I said, well, I'll figure it out. And he goes, well, he, he ended up paying my tuition for the first year. Wow. Totally unsolicited. And I think, you know, in our industry, you know, getting to know a lot of the folks that run companies and and are just key contributors in companies, they quietly do things like that all the time. And they don't want any recognition. They don't want any uh, acknowledgement of it. They don't uh, make a point of sharing it with anybody unless you drag it out of them. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I think this program taps into that, but that's, that's ingrained. That's not us. That's, that's ingrained in the industry. That's, I haven't actually thought about it in that way before, but you're absolutely right. I mean, what a cool thing. And I know as a female in this industry, it can be hard to look at it and think that it's very diverse, but it's getting that way. And programs like this are a big step in the right direction. Those efforts from people who don't want to be named, pulling people up is another example of that. And uh, I think just generally speaking, we are becoming a more diverse industry organically. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not being forced, but it, is, it, but it is coming and it's because people have such great intentions about our work and about seeing people succeed no matter who they are. If they're willing to put in the effort, we're willing to support it. No, I think that's 100% true. I also think it's, a, it's out of necessity that we're diversifying because right. where there's no way we can find enough folks that fit in the old mold to fill the needs that we all have. And so, uh, but I think it's, you know, I've been around a long time and it's, uh, it used to be very difficult for uh, someone to break into the field who was a woman or a minority that didn't have a connection through a family member or something. And that, that barrier's almost completely eliminated now. I don't, I don't see it. Uh, and it's, it's been organic. It's not like we've had to, you know, sit our people down and have DEI training. We just, it's like, hey, we need help, okay? If this person is capable and they can do the job, don't you dare make it any harder on them to do what they do. Don't do that. And I think that people, they get it. They understand. We, 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 
we're desperately looking for talent, uh, all of us at all levels. And uh, there's no end in sight. So I think it naturally diversifies the workforce in a, in a great way without it being mandated or dictated or forced. Yep. That's a great thing. Well, is there anything else that you would want to share with people about this scholarship, what it means to you, um, maybe how they can get involved? Well, you know, I think one thing I wanted to say uh, about the, the issue about relationships and how important they are is that, you know, yeah, Perlow did build our building back, uh, it was finished in 2006. And um, even though we were a contractor and a lot of our folks in the company thought we should become a building contractor, which is about the dumbest idea I'd ever heard, <laughs> Uh, simply because I recognize that the, the talent and the relationships and the importance of having a, a real quality contractor who's not learning how to do it for the first time on our most important job. So we, we basically made a handshake arrangement with Terry Edgar, the, the president at the time of, I think it was Perlow McCormick, would have been, yeah, would have been Perlow McCormick. I think it was Perlow McCormick at the time. So a name change ago and a handshake agreement. And, you know, in the city of Portland with all of those hazards and everything else, we were able to, um, within 16 months from the time we purchased the property, we moved in and completely re redeveloped seven and a half acres. It was a handshake deal. It turned out great. The buildings held up immensely. And then years later, in talking to Galen and Jeff and and yourself, Alyssa, you know that 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 relationship that was established through working together at AGC and then building the building and and we had times where we assisted Perlow in a couple of small ways. We don't cross paths very often, but occasionally we would help each other. And so those relationships are the key to these kinds of programs because there's already a trust built up. There's already uh, a feeling of goodwill and the, the, you know, that goes all the way back. I spoke earlier about Hal Pritchett. I mean, Hal Pritchett founded the CEM program. He brought contractors together. They contributed money to start the program. It's one of the top programs in the country now. And, um, uh, you know, that was all done based on relationships and networking and this program taps into all of that, you know, to, to, to pass it on, kind of pay it forward and have people continue to give back. And we're, one of the things we're going to emphasize going forward is the idea of the people that have been awarded scholarships, you know, giving back and helping other folks. A lot of that happens naturally, but we're going to try to systematically go about it. If you look at our programs and on the website, every single person that's ever been awarded the scholarship is on there. And we're not great at keeping track of them all. Uh, we do bump into them and they're scattered throughout the industry. And many of them are wildly successful and uh, do give back, but we're going to try to make it easier and keep them in contact and try to include them. And, what we're trying to do going forward. That's awesome. Makes it really evergreen. Yeah. It's hard not to feel good about seeing somebody, for example, 
uh, we were talking about Lauren Ayers, our top scholarship winner, somebody who went some really hard times, had addiction issues, uh, had you know incarceration issues, to come out of that and uh, become the top scholarship winner, that's, I don't think you could write a better script than that. Absolutely not. Well, I really appreciate your time coming down here to chat with us and certainly appreciate the partnership that we've had over the years, allowing us to participate. And we're seeing the benefits and certainly our industry is gonna see the benefits. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes because I think the momentum is only building. Thank you, Alyssa. It's a pleasure. It's always great working with you. Yeah, look forward to the future. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the Perlow podcast. Visit us online at perlow.biz. Subscribe to catch our future episodes and join us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube to discuss all things construction. And finally, work hard, do what's right, and make it fun. Until next time.